Lord, good morning. Thank you for today, this foggy Tuesday. Um, we thank you for uh, another opportunity to um, wake up and um, uh, give our day, recalibrate our day right now and focus on you, Lord. Um, and we do ask you to help uh, get rid of the clutter in our minds and our hearts and um, just help us really zero in and focus on you as um, as I'm kind of exploring this, this issue of desperation this morning. So uh, we just love you. We love you and we thank you, Lord, for uh, all that you're going to do in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. So some of you guys have heard, and I apologize for the technical difficulty this morning. I probably should just tell everybody to log in at 7.15, and we're going to start even if you don't get the auto text. But anyway, um, uh, I was sharing with my staff on Monday uh, a coffee meeting I had with my friend Roger, who is uh, been sober for 40 years, 40 years of recovery. And I had coffee with him on Friday. And I asked him, I said, Roger, have you ever backslidden? Like, have you ever fallen off the wagon? And he said, you know, thank God I haven't. He said, you know, desperation is quite a gift. And I said, what? And he said, desperation is a great gift. And he said, I wake up every day and I'm just desperate to say, stay sober today. And I was like, wow, that is so powerful. And some of you guys that know me very well know that I fixate on things. And so I was fixate, fixated on um, desperation and what does that mean? And, um, um, and so I, I did a Google search, of course, on uh, the definition of desperation. And it said a loss of hope uh, and surrender to despair, a loss of hope and surrender to despair, a state of hopelessness. Um, and there's a story in the Bible that you guys are all, I'm sure it's a famous story, you guys are all familiar with, about the rich, um, excuse me, the rich young man um, that came to Jesus. This is in Mark uh, 10, uh, 17 through 31. And it says, just then uh, a man came up to Jesus and inquired, teacher, what good things must I do to obtain eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. If you want, if you want, to, enter, uh, if you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which one? The man asked. Jesus answered, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, said the young man. What do I still lack? And Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions, give them to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then, then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away in sorrow because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, well, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Look, Peter replied, we, ha we have left everything to follow you. What then will, uh, will there be for us? Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, in the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you have followed me, will also you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of tribes of Israel. 
and everyone who has left uh, houses and brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for the sake of my name will receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. And it struck me when I was thinking about that, I was like, what happened to the rich young man when he left? When Jesus said, hey, go sell everything. Um, and I don't, I don't know what he did, but I started thinking about like, what if that was you? Like, what if that was me? What if I went to Jesus and he said, hey, sell everything? And I was like, are you kidding me? I got to sell everything? I've, I've worked so hard. What would I do? And, and I don't know, obviously, going into scripture, you know, what this guy did. Um, maybe he went back and just considered what Jesus said and said, you know, where am I putting my trust? Like, what am I trying to hold on to? Um, and I think going back to a desperation, like, I think what Jesus might have been saying to somebody like me is like, are you desperate? Like to, um, like to give, to give up hope in accumulating mass, like as a, as, uh, as a leader or an owner, as we're trying to GSD get stuff done, maybe he's saying, Hey, look, don't put your faith or your hope in your work and your accomplishments, put it in me. And that gave me, again, as Rick Meyer says to me a lot of times, things that are very convicting. It really was convicting for me to ponder. And then personally, and I, again, I was sharing this with my staff yesterday. When was the last time that you were desperate? And I shared with them uh, the story that um, years ago, three days before Christmas, I had four kids. Ellie was probably two and Dakota might have been 10 or, or 11. But my wife came to me and said, hey, three days before Christmas, she said, I don't love you anymore and I don't want to be married to you. And I was shocked. I was stunned. And I, I was actually in a therapy session with her. I thought uh, I was being brought in to like give an update on how my wife was doing because she had some, uh, some issues that she was working through. And I thought I was going there for just an update and I just got blindsided. And I remember just losing my stuff. I mean, I was just a train wreck. And um, she went through a list of things that um, reasons why she didn't love me anymore and things that, you know, me being a control freak and me not being present and all these things. And all of a sudden I became a desperate man. And I prayed, I, I reached out to friends like Jeff Barber, who's on this call and Jeff, people like Jeff, like walked through the next few years with me where I was desperate. I was in therapy. I devoured the book, uh, Control Freak. And I got to work. I was desperate to hang on to the marriage and try to keep our family together. And while I, I think, you know, and I'm through Jeff and a lot of maybe people on this call and many of my friends, you know, for a couple of years, I just, I, I worked as hard as I thought I could. And I prayed a lot. And there were a lot of um, my, my men, friends that were believers that were praying for us. And it ended up ending in divorce. And so, but, but those are times that I was really desperate. And then I've had, I've got four kids. I've had desperation with all four of them. So I'm not trying to put any one person on blast this morning, but again, I was sharing with my staff, my, uh, my oldest daughter, her junior year summer, um, I sat across the kitchen table from her and my wife, Kelly and I were sitting there and I said, you know, you need to pack all your shit and you need to get out of the house. Um, because you won't follow me and you're, you're doing things that we don't believe in and you're not, you're not adhering to the rules. So you need to pack your shit and leave. And it was really emotional and I was desperate. Um, 
and we sat there and she, she didn't move out, but it wasn't the end of the challenges that summer. We ended up in the emergency room with her with an alcohol. Um, she overdosed on alcohol and, and, um, it was, I was desperate. And so that the summer before her college, she was going to Ohio university, which I thought, how much trouble can you get in an OU? Uh, is like one of the top party schools. But I, I took her to J.H. Ranch. She called it Jesus Camp. And uh, it was my last, I was desperate. It was my last attempt. Again, people like Jeff, a lot of people were praying for me and for Molly. And and I thought if I could just get her like a an, an enema of Jesus, like just get her like just flooded with people that are loving and serving Jesus. I, I don't know if there were 400 of us, fathers, daughters, and we spent a week out there. And she had uh, a relationship with some you know, what she thought were like cool girls that were following Jesus. And she had the start of, I think she accepted Jesus there probably for the first of a few times. And then she ended up accelerating the story into OU and her freshman year being involved in young life. And then um, that summer of her freshman to sophomore year, she got baptized um, in Jerusalem. So, um, and then that's just kept a transformation going, but man, I was desperate. I have goosebumps as I'm telling you guys that story, man, it was terrible. I was desperate. Um, and I was losing hope and I didn't know what to do. And when we talk about desperation and I apologize for my staff that's listening to this, that they hear my same stupid stories over and over again, I'm reminded of the story of the, and I'm going to just read it to you to save time. But, um, you know, there's a huge difference between desperation and um, complaining, of course. And so um, I've told the story over the years of, of a guy and the, the neighbor and the dog. And so I'm just going to read it real quick. But um, said, Tom just moved into a new neighborhood recently and he liked the house and his environment. But there was one thing he didn't get. His neighbor, Mr. Tan, had a dog that kept howling nonstop, literally day in and day out. Initially, Tom thought the dog was going through a phase, so he ignored the howls, thinking it would eventually stop, but it didn't. It continued howling. And I used the example <laughs> that the dog's like, oh, oh, Sorry if you just jumped onto the call. Um, but a day passed, nothing changed. Two days passed, still howling. Three days, five days, one week, two weeks, one month, still howling. No signs of stopping. Finally, Tom couldn't stand it anymore. One fine day, he walked over to Mr. Tan's house to see what was going on. Sure enough, there was the dog sitting on the front porch, howling pitifully to whoever was walking by. On the other hand, Mr. Tan was relaxing at, uh, on his bench at the, at the lawn, leisurely reading his newspaper and sipping a cup of coffee. Wondering what was going on, Tom walked up to Mr. Tan. Hi, Mr. Tan, is that your dog? Which dog, he glanced around. Oh, that, yep, he's mine. Why does he keep howling? Oh, that's because he's sitting on a nail. Sitting on a nail? Tom gave, Tom gave the dog a bewildered look. Okay, so why doesn't he just get away from the nail then? Well, Tom, Mr. Tan took a slow sip of his coffee before replying, that's because he doesn't find it painful enough yet. And I've told that story so many times that, you know, I find myself complaining about things, but I'm not desperate to take action on them maybe. And um, so again, evaluating, I was talking to Chris Brzezinski offline a second ago, kind of evaluating um, where in my life am I desperate? Like when was the last time that I, that I was desperate? And then um, where in my life am I desperate? Or maybe 
evaluating where in the life in my life should I be desperate? Um, and I, I read, I, a lot of people have been recommending the, uh, the Netflix movie, American uh, Gospel, and it's really interesting if you get a chance on Netflix. Um, but just as, as we typically do as Americans, we, t we have a tendency of watering down things. And um, anyway, it's a fascinating uh, movie that just talks about Americans and how we take the gospel, which is good news. And I, I do pray right now that this is something that's convicting and not condemning that, um, um, that, you know, that the Holy Spirit uses uh, some of what I'm about to share to just maybe to, to, in my case, rejuvenate my focus, my commitment to uh, the gospel. But just very quickly, when we, we know about the gospel is, number one, is God's character is holy, perfect, eternal. He's the judge, and God is love. And in the light of God's character, man has a problem. God is holy, man is a sinner. That's Romans 3.23. God is eternal, man dies. Romans 6.23. God is judge, man is under God's judgment. Hebrews 9.27. In the light of God's character, God has a solution because God is love. And it's man's response to God's solution. And this, Jeff Barber hit on this, Johannes hit on it yesterday, is receive, believe, and become. Receive, believe, and become. Jeff Barber was talking about, you know, do you believe the word of God? And then how are you behaving differently? And Johannes yesterday was talking about endurance. And so if, as you think about a man's response to God's solution, receive, believe, and become, God calls on the Lord to be saved and crossing over to eternal life. And so you look at race issues in since like most of us are in the Cincinnati area, but or Dayton or Marianne's in South Carolina. Um, you know, what issues are going on in your community that, um, that we're desperate to make an impact and we need God's help. Like we're, so if you look in, in my case, I'm looking through the lens of some of the race issues. Like, am I desperate for the Lord to show up there? The division in our community, am I desperate for the Lord to show up there to where it's like, I can't do it on my own. I'm desperate for the Lord's help. And so um, my prayer this morning as I pray us into our Tuesday. My prayer is not that God will give us challenges necessarily nervous laughter, but that we would, that, that the Holy Spirit would give me the focus um, to be desperate on him, uh, to entrust in Jesus, and to make a difference in and around um, the areas that I have access to people. Like all you guys have access to people today. And I just pray, excuse me, I just pray that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, gives us words of of courage and, um, and wisdom to share with those in and around us. And that we could, you know, that we could see the kingdom come, that the kingdom would come right here in our own community. So I just pray, Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for this, this Tuesday. And I thank you for this tribe. And I just ask that you unify us as the body of Christ, uh, that we could love uh, you um, desperately, Lord and that we would love our neighbors desperately, Lord. Just help us to, um, to be assertive with our love, to be aggressive with our love. And we just, we give you all the glory and we thank you. I thank you for this tribe of men and women. I thank you for the encouragement that they, they give me on a daily basis. And uh, Lord, we just love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day, guys.